celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Mark Brunel with a masterful run of 29 yards, and the clock continues to run. It is Wednesday, October 16th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the Fields Auto Group. And now, a guy whose current value is two firsts and a third, J.P. Shedrick. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick with John Ozier, Jaguars.com senior rider. An eventful day around here, bud. What's up? Two firsts and a third of what? I don't know. He's going to get fifth. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's been so, a few of yeah, those. Few uh, here's what we're getting to today. Of course, Ramsey Reaction Day. The locker room just closed. We'll get into what some of the guys had to say. We'll review it at least. Bengals week is here. We're on to Cincinnati. Players to watch. Uniform unveiling. Jimmy Luck do in to join us. And Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, will bring a surprise guest. I'll be surprised. We don't know who it's going to be. But we always like that. It's, it kind of keeps us on our toes. That's good. He's done a great job with that. And I'm sure whoever it is will be insightful. So today was Jalen Ramsey Day around here. It started, of course, last night with a trade for two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick, a first-round pick each of the next two drafts. The fourth-round pick is in the 2021 draft to the Los Angeles Rams. Jalen Ramsey is gone. We just got out of the locker room a little while ago, and – I guess that for me, the tone was – it wasn't really bashing of Jalen. It was, um, hey, we, we're sorry to see him go, but it's a business. We're moving on, and here we go to the Bengals this week. That was what I got yeah, gathered for most of the guys. It was the tone you would expect. I mean, there is a uh, there's an acknowledgement among players that players – it's fraternity. They know that guys have to do what they need to do. I, th- I think there's also an element – not spoken a whole lot among the guys of, you know, if 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 a guy doesn't want to be here, if 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 he doesn't want to fight this fight with us, uh, you know, they're not going to get real emotional when somebody who doesn't want to be here, you know, leaves. Uh, there's emotion in this game when a guy who's out there fighting for them and with them gets hurt if he can't be there for reasons not of his own accord, but. Um, you know, Jalen made it clear three or four weeks ago that he didn't want to be here. Uh, he made it clear after the week three game against Houston that he didn't want to play for this team. Uh, and he said right after that that he loves his teammates, but the reality is he didn't want to play with them. And that reflects on, on, how, he, on how he felt about them as well. They didn't verbalize that. Um, I asked a couple of players about that, and they unsurprisingly didn't want to go there. But um, I think there is an element of the team of, you know what, we didn't want him gone. We're better with him, but there were going to be no she- no tears shed over a guy who made it clear three weeks ago that he didn't want to be here and didn't want to be with them. Yeah, time to time to move on. Yeah. and and play some football and get back on track. Uh, Tom Coughlin made a statement today and put it out and through the Jaguars PR department about the trade. And there you have it on the screen, and you've seen it all over social media today. That's the only thing we've heard from the upper management for the Jaguars today. We heard from the Jaguars owner, of course, Shad Khan, a little later in the day. He's down at the owners' meetings down south today. Um, Doug Marone spoke with the media today on his regular Wednesday press conference, but as we always hear from Doug, there's only so much 
he can say about the the nuts and bolts of the actual mm-hmm. transaction. He's worried about the guys that are here ready to go on Sunday. Well, he wanted Jalen here. He made clear of that, and any coach would. And I think Doug, in a couple of his comments today, made clear that he felt like he had reached out after the incident in Houston. Uh, that relationship, if it even needed mending, I don't know that that was a mending situation, although it got played up that way. I never got the idea from listening to Doug or from listening to Jalen that there was bad blood conflict there beyond your normal, I'm the coach, you're the player, sometimes I'm going to have to get on you, et cetera, et cetera. All reports are that whatever bad blood there was was from Jalen toward the front office. I assume that means Tom. Uh, So at some point, that got to a point where Jalen, I guess, didn't feel like he could play for the organization. And I I still wonder, uh, you know, to me, there's still an element of Tom must have said something to Jalen about the behavior in Houston. That I think everybody who saw the behavior in Houston couldn't have said that it was good behavior on Jalen's part. So I'm assuming that there was some sort of reprimand of you can't do that anymore that Jalen didn't like. And I, I can only assume all this because nobody's going to talk about it, but that's putting the pieces together. Yeah. Um, and to me, frankly, if, if, if a player can't live with being told that those actions were wrong, then I don't know how you ever approach that player and tell him he was out of line again. And again, JP, in this life, not everybody's perfect. I know you, you're not perfect. Um, but people have to be able to be told that a certain situation is out of line. They told Leonard Fournette publicly last year that he was out of line. Correct. They put and a statement out. He has come back, and I think Leonard would tell you, and I believe he said this, that he's better for it. He learned from his situation. Um, I get the impression right now from Jalen Ramsey's actions that right now he can't be told that he was ever wrong. Uh, and I don't know, even as great a player as he was, I don't know how you coach that and how you move forward with that in your building. I frankly don't know how the Rams will deal with that, but that's not our issue anymore. Let's take a look at the recent draft history of the, of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first round. We could go back even further if you, but why? You know, we started in 2012 when the ownership changed here, and you see the first-round draft picks of each year and where they are now. And, of course, 14, 15, 16 draft picks are all wearing Los Angeles Rams uniforms. The last three are here. And uh, even previous to this, you know, Blaine Gabbert's not here, obviously. He's uh, he's gone, and then a lot of guys aren't in the league anymore or out or moved on. Mercedes Lewis is in Green Bay. But, really, I think Blaine and, and Mercedes before this are mm-hmm. the only two still playing. Or Tyson Alawala is still playing. playing. Yep. But that's, that's really it. But they're not here. That's the issue, you know. A lot of these that, – that's how you, you build up. You draft your first-round, second, third-round guys. You keep them in the building, and that just hasn't happened over time here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Jalen is, is clearly so much different than the others. The others, uh, Dante, I, I don't think it was a bad pick. I think he just wasn't going to be a guy who, who was going to re-sign because they had players at the position. He hadn't lived up to that uh, first-round draft or that top-three status. Uh, you know, Jalen clearly wasn't a miss. Uh, right. You know, I, I think Jalen just got to the point where for whatever weird reason, didn't want to be here. But uh, clearly, you have to have more first-round picks in the building over the course of time to be a perennial playoff team. Right now, they haven't been, and that chart's a big reason why. 
Um, I, I think the the counter to that is they have drafted well in some other rounds. Deeper, uh, deeper yeah, it's, absolutely. It's not like there is there is no productivity productivity from drafts here in the building, but you know, going forward, it's obvious. If if in twenty twenty five a similar chart reads the same and there's no uh if 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 Josh Allen doesn't work out, if uh uh Lester's first round pick got Taven Bryant, Bryan, it, yes. if all these guys continue to not work out, then you're always and you're usually going to be down front line performing talent. And uh that's the reality of it. They've got to do better retaining it. That's always the goal. And that charts a reason why there's been one playoff appearance in the last 10 years. And it's hard to to uh, predict what happened with Jalen. I mean, you can't, really. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I've never seen anything like it. I've never no. seen quite like it. And again, I don't know. I know there's fans who are criticizing, quote unquote, how the team handled Jalen. Um, and I guess that's fair criticism because he's not here. So you're going to have that criticism. Based on what we know, think we know, have seen actions-wise, I don't know how you handle that. You know, I've said several times today on the air in different forums, um, I got got a question, and I was thinking about the concept last night of what advice would you give the Rams on how to handle Jalen Ramsey? And uh, unfortunately, and and I really, for three years, I enjoyed covering Jalen. I liked being a reporter. I was entertaining. I didn't think until the last month that he had been, I thought until the last month he had been more positive than negative, clearly. But I, the, the only answer seems to be you can't do anything to make him unhappy. That's, a, that's Meaning dangerous you, for the Rams then. You can't uh, call defenses that he doesn't like yeah. because he's publicly said he doesn't like that and that's bothered him. And you can't tell him that a behavior was out of line. Well, once you get to that point, I don't know how you manage it. So maybe he'll be different in LA. Maybe he'll be so happy in the sunshine with 13% uh, state tax yeah. that he's happy and giddy and isn't bothered by those things. But the only reference that we have is that he was bothered by those things. And I don't know how you manage that if those things are going to set you off. Because those things happen at every NFL team. Well, football is not like the NBA, meaning in the NBA, a couple of players can sort of run the organization. You have five guys on the floor. That doesn't work in football. In football, at some point, when you've got 22 guys, at some point, things have to happen that aren't individually promoting one player or the other, Mm -hmm. unless that player is a quarterback. Different animal. If he's a quarterback, it's different, but you can't bend the whole organization toward a non-quarterback position, and it it felt like that's what Jalen wanted and needed, and uh, I don't think that works. So it, it, it's not going to work here, and I will see if it works in Los Angeles. Jaguars happy hour. Let's move on to the quarterback. Speaking of, Gardner Minshew II spoke with the Jaguars media today, and uh, coming off the worst outing for him at least this season in his rookie year, 14-29, 163 yards. This is our first chance to see how he bounces back from a rough outing on the field. And the tone hasn't changed for him. He still seems like the same guy he has been, at least talking to him today. And you have to think that that's a good sign for the offense. Yeah, and uh, he wasn't really asked this specifically, and I almost asked it, and I wasn't quite sure how to phrase it in in the right way, so I didn't. But, you know, 
how do you bounce back from this and does your approach change? And, and there really wasn't a question to sort of ask in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's so short term what happened. Uh, he's not going to be able to prove that he's a franchise guy in one week, uh, just as he couldn't prove in four games that he was a franchise guy. And the process of getting over the New Orleans game, that's not really how it works. It's, it's a process of, over time, teams will throw things at a young quarterback. And over time, you have to learn how to deal with that and how to move on and get through it and know what you're seeing. So it's not really a question, just as it couldn't be asked today, it's not going to be able to be answered in one week, I guess is my point. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to know, that there was excitement that he was a franchise guy for the first four weeks, and then he had a bad game, and now he's not. And they want to know now, is he going to be a franchise guy? How he plays in Cincinnati will decide that. And the problem in this day and age is there's six days between NFL games. And you used to have six days of writing in the newspaper about it and sort of calmness. Now you've got six days of Twitter and instant analysis. And everybody wants to have a take saying, this is the guy, this isn't the guy. Um, So everybody wants to play off one game and make these huge swathing decisions over a guy's career. It's not going to be that way for Gardner, just as it wasn't that way for Nick Foles. It wasn't that way for Peyton Manning his rookie year. It wasn't that way for Aaron Rodgers in his third year. This is going to play out. I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be good. And how he responds to all this over the next two or three weeks will be the first indications of how good. But we're not going to have the ultimate answer, just as we couldn't ask the ultimate question day of him. I couldn't stand there and say, hey, Gardner, uh, are you going to be a franchise guy? Is it going to happen on Sunday? (laughs) That's what everybody sort of wants to know. But that answer isn't available yet. It would help if the uh, Jags can still consistently run the football, and you know I think yeah, part Cincinnati of the, you ought to be able to, right? Right, they're last in the league against the run. They're and, and, they're enormously last in the league against the run. They are as bad as anybody's been over the last few games. They've got some and injuries up to get there it too. Fixed. Yeah, yeah. they got some issues going on there. But Leonard, even uh, last week, there was there were times where he was running well. But they just couldn't get to the point where they could run enough. Right. You know, and that's what they need to be doing is getting those third downs, keeping drives alive. They had a lot of three and outs early in the game. They couldn't really establish anything last week. Still had 72 yards, 46 in uh, receiving yards. So, I mean, a pretty good day at at the office for Leonard. But this feels like a a game where you can really make hay in the running game. Yeah, and that's always always dangerous in this league to say, well – this team's strong against the run. We want to run, so we're going to be able to run. Because usually teams can take that away if they want to, even if they're bad against the run. They can, if they know what you want to do, they can slow it down enough where it's not going to be this monster game. I don't expect 400 yards rushing against uh, the Bengals. Interesting about the running game to me, though, JP, was listening to Doug on Monday when he talked to the media. Doug's usually not one to come out and make bold statements yeah. if, he, if he really doesn't believe it. And he talked a couple of questions on, on Monday about liking where he thinks they're going with the running game. He feels like they're much better than they were early in the season. He likes what he's seeing out of the blocking. When breakdowns happen, it's only one or two things. It, it's not like the entire play is breaking. Now, when they're watching film, they can see things going in the right direction. I don't know what that'll mean for... The Bengals game. I think they're going to beat the Bengals because I don't think the Bengals are very good right now. 
I don't know what it'll mean for the running game in that game, but what you heard him say could bode well, especially when you combine it with how Leonard's running. Mm-hmm. I think they feel like the running game has a chance to get going and be something really productive. This time last year, it would have been hard to say that because Leonard was hurt. He was balky on the hamstring all year, and they had so many offensive line injuries. I'm not sure last year they ever got to a point of feeling out like they were close to being what they wanted to be in that area. This year, you feel like they are, which could be one of those hidden things that we're talking about in a few weeks. Hey, remember when they thought they were close? Turns out they were right. It's, it's an area to watch over the next month. Jaguars defense, obviously the the spotlight will be on the secondary. Moving ahead here, Trey Herndon will fill in that spot that Jalen Ramsey vacates. Uh, we got A.J. Boye on the other side, who's been around here for a few years now, and then the safeties on the back end. And they feel confident. At least they say they're confident they can go out there and play as a unit. Yeah, there's – I mean – there are some pieces there. It's just, as A.J. Boyer said in the locker room today, so striking that A.J. talked about uh, seeing a picture of the 2017 secondary. He said he saw one this morning. Yeah. And, and he was talking about A.C., Aaron Colvin, uh, Barry Church, Gip. I mean, it, it, the, the tightness of that group, um, the production, the energy that it felt when it came together – uh, boy, times change in the NFL fast, and now they've got a group that very unproven at at best. You, I haven't added up the starts. When you add up Ronnie Harrison's starts, uh, Trey Herndon's, and Wilson. Jared Wilson's, yep. I'm not sure they even get to 16 total. If they do, it's close. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about three really either rookies, young guys, inexperienced with Boye. Um, you know, the best part in secondary is probably DJ Hayden right now. That's right. And, uh, you know, so there are pieces, but to me it's really up to a Miles Jack and Good to continue getting better at linebacker. And then this – going into the season, the strength of this team was supposed to be the defensive line. It hasn't played to that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly for the, for the next – four or five games to be what this team needs, which is to win three or four of them, get back into it. The defensive line has to be what we thought it was going to be before the season and what it really hasn't been so far. Quick look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, 0-6, they have struggled to do much on either side of the ball, really. I mean, especially on the defensive side, they are last in the league against the run. They struggle in the run game on offense. They do throw the ball around a little bit, but uh, they're near the bottom of most any statistical category. So that's six games, it's stats, all that. Uh, they still have the quarterback, right, Andy Dalton. Now, how well is he playing? That's up for debate. But um, he's been there for a while now. He's been the guy in Cincinnati for a number of years. Uh, this is his ninth it's year. Amazing. Believe, which, which is amazing. I mean, he was drafted, I believe, the year I got back to Jacksonville, uh, 2011. And I remember writing stories when I first got back about Dalton in the draft and would the Jaguars take him if he was available in the second round. Uh, They wound up taking Blaine Gabbert in the first, so that went out the window. But um, he was a guy a lot of Jaguars fans sort of liked. And, you know, as a second-round pick, I've been a very good player throughout his career. Uh, Three Pro Bowls. Yeah, I mean, he's he's what you want. Um, The Bengals right now are your prototypical first-year coach rebuild team. 
They've been close a few times. Uh, the record is probably a little worse than the actual team. They've had three games, uh, could have slash should have won. So I don't think they're a team that's going to go winless. I don't think they're going to push that envelope. At some point, they're going to get one. So in that sense, they're dangerous because you're going to Cincinnati at, uh, if you're the Jaguars. And if you lose this one to me, the season's done. I mean, I don't think you come back from this because that puts you at uh, two and five. Another AFC loss. Another AFC yeah. loss. And then even if you win these next two before the bye, you're still only four and five. Uh, this is one against no 16 to oh and six team that you have to win. Uh, they're beat up. They're not doing very well against what you think you do well, which is run. So, uh, you know, boy, this is one they need. I mean, that, yeah. it, it would be nice. It's kind of obvious, but Gotta have it. to me, when you looked at the season, uh, once Foles got hurt, I thought they needed to get to five and four. But when I did all that math, three of those five wins I was talking about were in the next three weeks. Okay. So these are the ones you got to win. Got to have them. Uh, let's come back. Plenty ahead still. We'll look at the AFC South standings. We'll look at the games ahead in the division this week. We'll pick our players to watch. That's right around the corner. Jimmy Luck will join us in studio for the uniform unveiling. And Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, do as well with a surprise guest from the locker room. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates, saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, the Jags and the Bengals coming up this Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium on the banks of the Ohio River in Cincinnati. Call audio on my phone, J.P. Don't why let that thing whip you. Why don't I just turn, turn this down? Good idea. Apps are a great thing. Good idea. Uh, let's take a look at the AFC South standings. The order has not changed over the last couple of weeks. In fact, Houston is... Playing some good football, so they're up at the top of the division now. Four and two, Indy three and two. They were off last week. The Jags and the Titans two and four, and the Jags have that uh, one division win. 
in one division loss to get ahead of Tennessee at the bottom of the division. Games coming up this week. There are a few in this division that will be certainly of interest to watch, starting, of course, with the Jaguars-Bengals game. One o'clock kickoff in Cincinnati. The Texans at the Colts, and this should be a pretty good football game at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Chargers visit Nashville to face the Titans at 2-4. and four. That Texans-Colts game, uh, this is one of those where the Colts are coming off a bye, and they're at home, and here we go. It should be a good one. Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose, JP. No, or they could tie. They could tie, or they could tie. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I feel like, and I feel like this is before the season. I got a lot of emails over the off season. You didn't like me saying it. I felt all along like the Texans were the best team in the division. Uh, like they're the t- especially once Luck retired, they were the team you had to beat. Uh, and as much as people don't like hearing that around here, they keep winding up in the playoffs. That's right. And and and, and they keep being tough for this team to beat, meaning the Jaguars. So. Until they prove you differently, then they're still the team you have to beat. I think they're good. I think uh, Deshaun Watson's having a good year. Uh, so I, I expect them to go win that game because I still think at some point the, the Colts have a very good roster. Uh, there's going to be games this year I feel like they will lose that they would have won had luck been there. That still has to bite them a little bit. So I feel like this is probably one of those games that bites them. This is my little call. Thank you. Uh, The Chargers coming all the way to (laughs) to Nashville. Um, And they're just a beat-up football team, and things in in L.A. are weird. But they're going on the road, and and Tennessee has their own issues. They had to put Mariota on the side. Yeah, the Chargers, um, you know, uh, one of the NFL's great mysteries right now. Uh, The injuries have hurt. I'm still surprised that with Phillip Rivers, a quarterback, that they're struggling to this degree at 2-4. and Uh, But for them, it's, you know, you're going against a team playing a half to. You feel like the Chargers will go in that because of the mess of the, at the at Titans' quarterback position, uh, and you would certainly think that Philip Rivers goes across the country and uh, wins that. I can't see the Chargers sliding out of it early this year, although they're getting close. They're on the way, yeah. I guess, yeah. right now. Uh, let's get to our players to watch for the Jaguars this Sunday. Um, we usually pick uh, one side of the uh, one from each side of the ball. Is usually how we do it. John, would Sometimes. you like to get us started? Sometimes it's yeah. two from one side of the ball, but depends on what we're feeling that week. Yeah, let's flash the graphic up there so I can remember. <laughs> Yours? Precisely who I picked in what order. There he is. Um, Fournette, to me, is the most interesting story on the team this year in the way that he has responded to what happened last season. And I get that we're sort of past that storyline, but he's to the point now where he is the most reliable uh, a solid player on the offense and to the point where I think if he doesn't have 65, 80 yards in that range, then the offense is, is in a lot of trouble. He's gotten to the point where you expect that out of him again. I would expect that he has a big game this week considering the Bengals are struggling. I don't know if it's going to be a 200-yard game. No. But considering all the things we talked about earlier in the show, as well as they feel like they're getting to running the ball, I'm sure they will try it with him. They feel like they should have some success with him. And, again, he's gotten to the point where he is a key to the offense again every week. You hoped last year that he would be. You kept waiting for it, but you couldn't feel confident in it. Early this year, uh, you weren't sure about it. Now he's proven that he's back where he belongs in that category. He's been speaking on Thursdays, and I cannot wait for tomorrow's just to see his response to everything that happened with Jalen and. 
uh, the, the social media posts the last couple of days, if you're into that. Yeah. And he's just been a pleasure to, to hear talk on Thursdays in general anyway. So with all this happening, I think it'll be fun tomorrow. Yeah, and he has – I haven't talked to him about it for a story specifically, but he's been interesting. I've heard a couple of different things he said about uh, leadership, and uh, I think people are surprised. I'm a little surprised at how much he has accepted that role. Uh, maybe the word is embraced you know, uh, this year, been willing and acknowledging uh, there's a certain dynamic when guys are getting approached in the locker room after a game. Some guys don't like doing it, don't want to do it. But the veteran leaders on the team, you've been in this environment before, mm-hmm. where even after a loss, you know, there's, there's sort of a deep sigh, okay, I've got to go do it. Leonard has never this year once tried to act as if, it's, as if he's not going to speak after a game. He acknowledges that it's his role, and and he needs to be a guy standing up, and uh, you know, you know, taking on that responsibility. And I think last December you'd have been shocked if he would have if if I'd have told you he was going to be a guy who was willing to do that and felt like that was his role and felt it was important. Not much felt important to him last year, or or it didn't feel from observing like mm-hmm. he felt much was important. And, I, and I, this year, he's taking a lot of responsibility for those things. And as I've said multiple times, it's a remarkable turnaround because it feels real. It feels like something that he understands and has uh, grown into. And it's cool to see, especially when you saw something not quite so cool develop on the other side of the ball. And That's Jalen I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, thank you. If you missed that. that was I got a, that okay, one. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, your other player to watch this week, sir, on defense. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's on the defensive line. And he's the first Oh, Josh Allen. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was – I had I'd been considering discussing Trey Herndon here, and I thought it was too obvious. Uh, Josh Allen, because of everything going on with Jalen and because they've been losing, I think it's been almost lost a little bit how well he's playing, how consistent he's been. And how reliable he's been for a rookie. You know me, JP. I'm usually, whatever you get out of a rookie, no matter what, it, it is pure gravy. Josh shows up every week. He seems to be developing very quickly in terms of having reliable pass rush moves, in terms of knowing what he needs to do to succeed. Uh, it's it's too bad for him that they're not 4-2. It's too bad for everybody they're not 4-2. and two. But it's too bad for him that they're not 4-2. and two. Because I think his production and his uh, preparedness or his ability to play well early would be more acknowledged. Uh, I think he's getting lost because of the Jaguars' record. I'd be surprised at this point if he doesn't have eight or nine sacks by the end of the year. And he sure looks like a guy who is uh, everything they wanted him to be. I expect him uh, this week against Cincinnati to have a couple of uh, game-breaking type plays. If it's not a sack fumble, to get some pressures that matter because that's what he's been doing. You've got Fournette and Josh Allen, my two guys to watch this week. Let's start with A.J. Boye in the secondary, a name we've mentioned earlier with Jalen Ramsey now traded to the Los Angeles Rams. He's kind of the guy on the outside. Seventh NFL season now, third with the Jags, and you see what he's done this year. He's had a couple of moments this year where he kind of has looked like the guy from two years ago where he was a second-team All-Pro and – uh, had a fantastic season as part of that great secondary two years ago. Uh, there's There's been some of those moments. He battled through the hip thing early in the year. I think now 
uh, I don't know want to call it his secondary, mm-hmm. but it's pretty be. darn close, right? And it it's probably fair to acknowledge that he was hurt a lot last year. And when guys don't talk about it, sometimes that gets lost, and you just sort of say, well, they're not the same player they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we forget how much injuries matter because this is a physical game where if you're not 100%, it'd be hard to play it. And uh, looking back, uh, he was probably pretty hampered with that and probably got some criticism last year that, uh, you know, fair and fair, I don't know what that means, but, but probably would not have gotten it had he not been injured. So I agree with you. He's key going forward because now uh, I don't know that he's a takeaway the side of the field guy like Jalen was, but they're going to ask him to do that a little bit. And, sure. you know, if, if, if he can do that, they're that much better. Jawan Taylor, offensive line, my other player to watch this week if they're going to run the football. Well, he, he would be, have a big hand in that. You saw what happened last week. Cam Jordan got him a couple of times. Rookie, right tackle. That'll happen from time to time, but he has been a solid player so far for the Jags. Uh, trying to work on the penalties and, and get that toned down. That happens with a young player as well sometimes. So uh, I like him at right tackle, obviously. The Jaguars like him there. And I think for this week's success, I think Jawan's going to have a nice game. Well, right tackle has become a tough spot in – because of this, in the old days, or you never put your pass rusher over the right tackle. Correct. So a lot of times, guys would be you draft your left tackle in the first round, and you usually got your right tackle in the second or third round, and you could start him because he wasn't going to play the best pass rusher, and you didn't get exposed. Well, now guys are flipping their pass rusher all over the field, and Jawan Taylor, a guy who probably would they would have loved to have had a year where he could develop a little bit and then come in a second year like second round picks used to well now you're playing and playing some uh, top pass rushers which is his position never used to i still think he's going to be fine he's run up against some really really good players who have gotten him a little bit i haven't heard anything from coaches that make me think that he's not going to be really really good they still are very high on him those are my two boye I like yours. and taylor i like yours better than mine thanks man yeah. Appreciate that. I'm a giver. Let's come back. Uh, Jimmy Luck will join us. Head equipment manager will unveil what the Jaguars will wear Sunday in Cincinnati. Jaguars happy hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars digital network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Take home a delicious game day win with free delivery from Mellow Mushroom, powered by DoorDash. Their signature stone-baked pizzas, sandwiches, and Mellow Munchies are the perfect play to score big with your family and friends. Order online at order.mellowmushroom.com, and don't forget to follow on Facebook, where the Roar of the Jaguars will make a special delivery to one lucky fan during every away game. Place your order today and get the taste that's deliciously Duval. 
Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. We're back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. That music each week means it's time for Jimmy Luck, head, head equipment manager. Hello, Jimmy. How you doing? Great, man. What's going on? Not much. Got a little bit for a trade. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> you're good. Yeah, I don't need to be making any kind of demands. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, what, let's take us through that on the equipment. So what you guys have to clean out the locker and do all that stuff. He doesn't come in and do all that. Right. I mean, what no, happens? it was, um, what we do is we basically get in touch with their equipment guys. Um, kind of like at the same time and, uh, we'll overnight like his shoulder pads and some cleats and stuff that he needs right away. And then we'll box up the rest of it and send it out. You know, his gloves, cleats, anything it's got in his locker. So. And that's pretty much any player in that situation. You guys, yeah, yeah, pretty much get anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And we, like I said, we always try to get them their shoulder pads as quick as possible, so that way that you know if they need to uh, figure out jersey and stuff, we send a sample of his jersey um, just because he does a little funky thing with the sleeve. So just so that way they can take a look at it, just to try to help them out because it's one of those things that. It goes around. I mean, we'll end up picking up somebody last minute like that, and we'll need the help. So you just kind of keep paying it forward. And you're all, I mean, at some point, everybody's a rival, but everybody's a professional that knows what, what the other guy's job is. Yeah. I mean, it's, you try to help each other out. You know, it's, um, actually, I had just seen uh, their equipment guy the day before at a NFL meeting in Chicago. Gotcha. So. so, yeah. So it was all good. They're, uh, I think they're actually got a big week. They're going to Atlanta this week, staying there, and then going to London. They play the week before we do. What's wow. happening with the CBA? You were in Chicago. Do you get any? Uh, that was, no, that was, I think they were doing that one somewhere meeting. else. Yeah, that meeting. was a different meeting. Yeah. <laughs> it was a different meeting. They didn't come by ours. <laughs> I think that was the a one, different one, John. The one person we needed to talk to came in over uh, video conference. So, I think that was we were pretty low down the totem pole there. So the Jags are headed to Cincinnati. I will say I did read that the Bengals are wearing black jerseys. Mm-hmm. So what will the Jaguars wear Jag, this Sunday? Wear, Jimmy Luck? We're going to go with the, uh, the white pants. Okay. White pants. And obviously, since you said they're wearing black, yeah, it ruined we the surprise. Wearing white. Yeah, he waits all week. <laughs> yeah, and then JP kind of literally five seconds yeah. before you come in, then spoils it. So white over white, white over white. Got a little Josh Allen, kind of local, you know. Kentucky, went to Kentucky. Right. yeah, hour so. or so down the road. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he was one of my players to watch this week. I don't know if you knew yeah. that or not. I know, but you like <laughs> this player better though. I did. So not now. Yeah. Not now. Now yeah, that you're exactly. here, I like yours better. Yeah. See, I liked yours better. Right. That's why. Josh Allen, off to a good start. Four sacks. Yeah, they are. are So we'll be wearing all white. You could have also picked Andrew Norwell. He's from Cincinnati. Did not know that. How about that? I did not know. I knew he went to Ohio State, but I didn't know he was from Cincinnati. Yes. I had no idea. Well, now you know. Now you know. Where's Josh from? Is he from Cincinnati? He's not from Ohio. No, he's from New Jersey. That's right. Yeah, that's right. right. And and then spent some time in Alabama as well, and then was in Jersey. He was all around. That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, All right. White on white. Looks great, Jimmy. Way to go. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, thanks. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager with us each and every week. Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, joins us with a surprise guest from the locker room. We don't know who it's going to be. We'll find out in just a few minutes when they get out of meetings. 
There you have it, white on white this week in Cincinnati. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. Step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Jaguars Happy Hour continues, presented by the Fields Auto Group on a Wednesday. And it's a busy schedule at Daly's Place. Coming up tomorrow, the Zach Brown Band. Chicago, October 18th. Young Thug Machine Gun Kelly, October 19th. And this is Bastille. October 26th. Tickets at Daly'sPlace.com. I'm going to Bastille. Oh, you are now? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good. And that what well, Sting is coming up in November, I think. Yeah, you don't have to run it. Right <laughs> there you go. Thank you, uh, Chris Conley coming up. Uh, a very special guest, surprise guest from the locker room will join us. And uh, whenever they get out of meetings, so that could be at any moment. So um, very, soon. very soon, coming up. So Jags are two and four. Um, what is the on the defensive side of the ball, it seemed like a, a, a solid game last mm-hmm. week for this group overall, right? They, they slowed down Kamara. He seems to be hampered, though, a little bit now. Uh, just reading the reports from New Orleans this week, moving ahead. Um, the next couple of weeks, they're going to have some issues, it sounds like, with him. But they did slow him down. Mm-hmm. They didn't let the receiver go off for a huge game. He got some. Teddy held the ball a good bit. They didn't, you know, they played a solid game. They needed that game after the weeks prior to that. Well, uh, Camara was clearly hampered, clearly hampered, and there were some moments late in the game where you'd have liked to have gotten off the field better against the Saints. Um, the bottom line is, you hold any team in this league to 13 points, and you've done your job. Uh, it was it it was a fine game by the defense. It it wasn't one that we'll be writing about in 10 years as 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 a generational game. But it was fine. It was good enough to win. And, uh, you know, I think right now it's what the defense is. I don't think they are not the elite unit that we thought they were going to be before the season. I think 
a lot of people, including myself, misjudge that a little bit. But they're not awful. They're a defense that probably eight or nine times this year will play the kind of game it did the other day. They've already done it three out of six. You know, they've held opponents three times to 12, I'm sorry, 13, 13, and seven out of six games. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's good. The other games have not been good. So I think it's probably what you're going to get from this defense. I think it's going to be eight or nine games really good, uh, seven or eight that are not so great because right now, um, the personnel is not what it was in 2017. You know, you the defensive line is not playing in waves. Uh, you had Miles Jack, Pizlesny, and Telvin in 17. Now you've got Miles Jack out of that bunch. Uh, Najee Good, I don't think you'd put in the class of the other guys, although he's, he played well the other day. And, and the secondary is now A.J. Boye and, and three guys that, <coughs> excuse me, that you're waiting to see what they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're waiting to see what they are. But the counter to that is the offense at times can score enough to get them even with the other team's offense. So it, it's going to be up for this team to figure out a way to win a lot of close games. Um, but that's what the NFL is. They've, they've shown they can do that. They just have to do it more consistently. Our weekly co-host on this program is Jaguars wide receiver Chris Conley, and he joins us now. The meetings are over. He has a special surprise guest from the locker room today. Chris, uh, first off, how are you doing? What's going on, man? What's up? I am doing extremely well. And, you know, I'm doing so much better now that I can be joined by this awesome and amazing guest today. You know, I'm just so excited to have someone of this caliber sit in that chair opposite of me. Oh, yeah. you, you know, mean Lorente. Going, you're talking about me and Shatter. Oh, well, I mean, obviously yeah. you guys. Everybody but, goes uh, outside. You know, someone who just – you know, went to a school that embodies everything about college football that just might be wrong, but is still just such a wholesome and awesome person to be in a locker room with. You know, isn't that nice of you? I know it's great. Wow, it's it's amazing. This is this is awesome. Laurenti McRae, how are you, sir? Doing well. You know, anytime <laughs> anytime I get to come and talk football with you guys, you know, it's it's awesome. Glad to have you. Anytime. Um, and, and Chris is certainly glad to have you, too, it sounds like today. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, but, I, I wish it would have been a couple weeks later, but, I mean, I'm fine oh, with we'll today. we'll talk again. <laughs> oh, wow. We can talk again. Now, obviously, the Florida, Georgia, you guys sit across from each other. Yeah, right yeah, across Our from lockers are literally How's that going to be in a couple of weeks? Um, I is think, that real? I think it'll be a lot of orange and blue in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh-huh. We'll see about uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Let's start with the big story today, the reaction to the Jalen Ramsey trade. Um, how, how was it we saw in the open media time? Uh, guys were kind of – they weren't really on Jalen too much. They were happy for him moving forward, and then the team can move forward to Cincinnati and, and on to the rest of the season. Is that an accurate portrayal? What do you guys feel? I know offensively happens? that's you know where we're at. We don't really have time to – to register or sit back and, and really take time off right now. We have to move forward. We have to get a game plan ready. You know, I, obviously it's probably different for the defense, and you can get that perspective from Lorente. But offensively, man, we gotta we got to lock in and get ready for Cincinnati. Good player, but he's not around anymore, Lorente. What does that mean to you guys? Uh, definitely a guy we're going to miss. Um, when you're dealing with one of the best cornerbacks in the league, I mean, we're definitely going to miss him on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we were able to, you know, call the defense a little bit differently, you know, throughout different teams and throughout the game. So, I mean, it's definitely we definitely going to miss him. 
Is it frustrating, though, at times when the way it went down the last few weeks um, with, with him out to the side and then not participating and wanting to be traded, actively saying that week to week? Do you guys hear all that stuff, or, and how do you block all that away? I mean, we kind of we kind of just isolated it. I mean, we just dealt with dealt with the game plan one week at a time. We weren't really focused on Jalen. You know, we didn't really make a big of an issue as they made it outside. You know, he's he's a team player. We got 53 guys on the team. He's one of the guys. If he had a personal issue, whatever he was dealing with, you know, that was his issue. You know, we just compartmentalized and just moved forward. You know, I believe that people on the outside, you know, they pretty much scrutinized that situation more than it actually was in this building. Okay. Yeah. And Chris. Is it a case of uh, it's a business, or is there anything of he didn't want to be here, so we're done with it? I mean, or where do you draw the line on that, or does it even something you think about? I think as players, we have to realize that this is a business, right. that this game is a business, and you know, with the things that he was dealing with and the situation that he was in, we have to make sure that we don't judge that situation, that we don't judge him, because at the end of the day, that's my teammate. Right. You know, and, and Jalen and I had a, a rocky start here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. We had a, a very competitive rivalry going through camp. Uh, but he's, he became one of those guys that I grew to respect a lot and to respect the way that he came in and the way that he prepared. And I had to myself make sure that I wasn't judging his situation, make sure he was doing what was right for him. Ultimately, the team did what was right for the team. And, you know, that's it. I wish him the best. And uh, as he's moving forward, I hope he plays lights out, you know, until we meet him. But um, we got to move forward and do what we got to do. It's on to Cincinnati, as um, Bill Belichick once said, and uh, that's where this team's going this week. This offense, though, Chris, uh, struggled last week to find that consistency and move the ball a bunch of three and outs early, couldn't find the rhythm, and then when she can't get those third downs and the running game can't get going, and it just didn't really seem to find much life last week. How do you guys get back on track with that this week? How do you do that? Really just being your toughest critic. When you come in and you watch the film and you have a day like that, it happens. It ha- there are times where you're out of rhythm and there are times where it's a lot harder to get going. You have to be brutally honest with yourself as to why that happened. Why did we have drive stallers? Why did we have penalties at certain times? Why did we have some plays that were really close to popping but they didn't quite pop? You have to be brutally honest about those things, and then you have to go back to the drawing board, maybe reinvent some things, maybe change some things up a little bit. But when you come down to the basics, you have to make sure that you are fundamentally sound in everything that you do. If you're fundamentally sound, you can move the ball, you can sustain drives, you can get some sort of points, and that's what we got to do. Get back to the basics and make sure that we're focusing on little things. I know you get worn out on always asking questions about Gardner, but he's the quarterback, and this was his first (laughs) – Real tough game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has he responded this week? Do you like what you've seen from him in terms of approach? It's, it's been really good. Uh, I feel like Goner has picked himself up, and his message that he's been relaying to guys in the locker room is, whatever we do this week, let's get better. Whatever happened this past weekend, whatever mistakes that were made, whatever the score was, this, that, whatever we didn't do, let's make sure this week we get better. Let's get better at the things that we weren't as good as last week. And so as we've been moving through the meetings today, as we move through practice today, he just continued to echo, let's just get better. Let's just get a little bit better at this. Let's just get a little bit. And I like that. That is a sign of that's good leadership coming from a young guy, being able to like scope and just zoom in on something so simple right. that can motivate people. And that's really going to be helpful this week. I want to hear about y'all's uh, section of the locker room. It's got to be, you know, 
you guys are all in the same area, so you get to know each other well. You get to know AJ. What is that group like, and, and how much interchange is there between you two guys? Because I get the feeling there's quite a bit even beyond Florida, Georgia. Uh, a lot of give and take over there. Oh, man. I caught, I caught the game last week when Mushant went down there, and, when they went down there and beat them boys, so. Okay. You know, AJ next to me, so I was rooting oh, for, right. I was root, I was rooting South Carolina for the game next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah we uh-huh. the South Carolina they they took care of my boys, but you know they'll bounce back. They'll be all right. I had actually forgotten about. We that. actually no, have AJ and we have Josh Cam. Allen. We got Josh Allen. Yeah, Cam no, Robinson, got, Josh Allen, we got Kentucky. Yeah, and Josh Allen. Allen. So this, that our corner of the locker room is we the got SEC A&M. football. We got, we got Cedric too. Corner. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and A&M. Cedric. That's right. So everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got something to say. Everybody does not back down from an argument. But that's what makes our corner of the locker room the best corner of the locker room. You know, because we played real college football. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> what's, what's that? <laughs> what does this mean? You don't agree? No, no I do agree. Uh, oh, okay. That's I went right. to Florida, so I agree. Yeah. Uh, to Alabama, I get it. Yeah, yeah. the whole See, SEC road. We know there, for sure. Uh, uh, and what, I think y'all gonna get beat by LSU this year. Too. I agree with that. I think this could be the year because LSU can throw the ball around. Bold. So we'll see. So we'll see Florida, LSU, and the SEC it's championship. Quite possible. Quite and, possible. And if that happens, you just want Leonard as far away from that side of the building <laughs> as you can, right? I think I'll get, get my money back. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, – all right, do you guys you have any questions for Lorenta or do you have any questions for Chris? This is kind of how we do this sometimes. We, we let you guys kind of go at it here. If you're going to ask me a question, just make it, make it the good one because this is your chance. This is your moment right now. Keep it clean. Already, I don't really have any questions. I mean, I'm just, you know, anxious to see, like, should I get some Jordan shoes for you to wear? You know, like, what size do you wear? What size shoe do you wear? 13? 13. Okay, I got What about some, you? I got some blue Jordans for you. Well, what about you? <laughs> what, what size do you wear? What size t-shirt? Hoodie? It doesn't really matter. Headband? I won't be wearing that stuff. Well, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> Damn. We I do have a question see. for Ryan Tech. Yeah. So, I want, should, so should I have you wear it in London? Because we play in London, you know, after they play. Oh, that's right. You know, the day I, after. I want all the smoke. So if that's what we is that if that's what we doing, I'm rocking with my are we, boys. Are we making this official on the show? Yeah, yeah we're, we're making the bet. Right we're making it's the official, bet here on the show. On the show. So I guess we got to wear it. What, what the whole time in London or what? Um, a day or two in London. I would say you wear it, wear it in London, and then wear it once we get back on Monday. Wow. Okay. So and maybe on, London, maybe on this show. A the day in week, London yeah, and show. a day when we get back, the loser of that game has to rock whatever gear the other person gets on. All Absolutely. Right. I'm cool with that. I like that. You know, I, I like it. You know, some people shy away from, from these, you know, gentlemen's agreements. They don't really – they can't really get behind their team. I, I really like it when someone, regardless of what their team looks like, whatever the situation is, can get behind their team in that. You know, I'm we're not all in. throwing a bunch of money on this bet. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's, still, a, it's still a good – Competitive situation, and, and I like competitive situations. I still owe him one from last year. He yeah. owed me dinner too from last yeah, year. It's oh, a long man. story, but yeah. uh, Florida overachieved. Let's say last year. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, defensively for this team, you know, this was a game where you guys kind of got back on track as a, a whole unit. It felt like last week against New Orleans. It didn't win the game, obviously, but for the most part of the day, you did what you wanted to do against the Saints. Is that is that more what you guys? feel like you're back to now is this going to be a week over week thing for you guys to do that I mean we just got to be consistent I mean today we went out we had a good day today in practice and tomorrow we got to go out and have another good day and then on Friday we have to put it all together so we basically just got to take it one day at a time just come in like he said get better at some a small thing 
and that's going to be be able to create consistency throughout the year. So, I mean, the best team that wins the Super Bowl is not the best team in September or October. It's the best teams in December and January that usually go on to go to the Super Bowl. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to consistently go up that roller coaster and get to the top, not go all the way to the top and then have a fall. You've been with Joe D a long time. Yeah. <laughs> been the special teams up. coordinator, yes. Uh, is there any good Joe D story that you can share on the air? That's That you can <laughs> share on the air. I mean, it is the internet, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'll just stay away from that today. He's fa- I mean, good idea. <laughs> good choice. Uh, I've told you guys over the years, he's a great guy to play for, special teams guys. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why? Um, he's, just, he's just one of the best special teams coaches, you know, there is in this NFL. You know, um, he, just, he just does all little things. I mean, he, he puts you in the best positions. He breaks down film. He's always studying. He always has a good mm-hmm. assistant that helps him out. You know, he draws a good play cards. He has a good – no, he he knows their tendencies. Um, you know, he knows their best players. He he pretty much knows the bottom half of every team roster right. in the NFL. So that's that's really important in being a special teams coordinator. You have to know their deficiencies as an athlete. You know, so that you your team can go out there and dominate. You have to know if they're good in space. You got to know if you know they get tied up on blocks. You have to know if they can move, you know, in space as they're blocking you on on kickoff mm-hmm. return. You got to know is is a guy, he's a straight line guy. You, you have to know a lot of different stuff. So he he's real good at, you know, going in and setting up. I think he can be a pro scout right. because he's good at diagnosing talent. And he always keeps it even, even keel, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, something, something like that. It, get, it gets a little wired up he's every passionate. now and then. But he's that's what passionate. it's about, right? Yeah, 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 but, I mean, you gotta, you got to love him. I mean, he's just a guy that you want to play for. It's a guy that you want in your foxhole. Right. You, know, you know, he means well. You know, even if he says something bad, you know it's coming from a good place. So you just got to respect him. You got to respect his attitude coming into work every day. All right, final thoughts here. Going to Cincinnati. And this is a stretch. I know we look game to game. We've had this discussion on this program before. One game at a time. Exactly. Bengals only. One game at a time. But Chris, this is a stretch where, you know, two and four, it's early. There's a lot of football left to be played. What do you feel about the next few weeks here about getting back to You know, I can't necessarily speak as to the next few weeks here, but I can speak as to the next few days. You know, this team has to lock in put together a couple more good practices like we had today and then the big thing for this team where we are right now is we just let have to let those practices translate into the game there's not one person who can tell me that this defense that special teams and offense have not worked their butt off this offseason this season preseason and every day in here studying going out there and giving it all they got out in the heat getting ready for these games. But now we're at the point where we have to let those things translate. When, once you let them translate, those plays start to fall. The 50-50 ones start to fall your way. And you go from being an all right team to a really good team, a really hard team to beat. And so that's where we want to go right now. And, you know, I can't speak for the weeks to come, but I know that this week we're trying to get back on track. This is a get back on track week. This is a get back on track game. And, you know, we just got to not – you can't be afraid to let it translate. can't be afraid to let great things happen because of your hard work. Love it. 
Big game this Sunday, 1 o'clock, Paul Brown Stadium, Cincinnati. Laurenti McRae, always good to see you and talk ball with you. Yes, Appreciate man. it. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks, it's great talking about with you Laurenti McRae and Chris Conley, we'll talk to you next week, man. Sounds like a plan. There he is. For John Osher, our entire crew, thank you for watching. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.